guys. It's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar. I am your host. On this episode, uh, we do a Zoom call again uh, with comedian Randy Valerio. We really needed a voice of reason on this episode because we were basically agreeing on everything and shitting on uh, the institution of marriage, essentially. But it's a fun episode. Randy's hilarious. Check him out as well. And uh, yeah, this is me right now. This is my life. Things are closing up. Check out my website, Paul F. Comedy, for updated show dates. We have a bunch of post moments, but a bunch of new shows coming as well. And subscribe, review, share, and check out our sponsors as well. Thank you so much. By now, you know that I'm a lawyer, right? Everyone does. And uh, I, I don't really practice anymore, although I still have a license. Um, but when I need a lawyer... Um, and I do often need a lawyer. Um, I contact my friend, Scott Shapiro. Um, if you're injured uh, on the job or need compensation, you're entitled to payment for more than you know. A lot of times, companies will try to settle with you so you don't get a lawyer because they don't want you to know all the monies you're entitled to. Uh, Scott Shapiro has been uh, helping injured workers for over 20 years in addition, his firm handles multiple other cases, including uh, personal injury cases and entertainment law issues. He has handled a lot of uh, my entertainment stuff as well as those of uh, guests on the show and listeners. So you need a lawyer. Sure, you can consult me. But uh, if you want a free consultation from the best, uh, don't take any chances. Contact my friend, Scott Shapiro. His number, 312-648-8800. Or check out his website, scottshapirolegal.com. There are other Scott Shapiros. Make sure you call the right one, 312-648-8800 or scottshapirolegal.com. Tell him I sent you, and he will be very happy. It's time for another edition of Singles Only Podcast. My name is Paul Farvar. On this episode, uh, I am working remotely in Arizona because Chicago is shut down. So I was able to do this by Zoom with uh, the host of the Ready, Set, Blow podcast, Randy Valario. Are you there, Randy? Yes, sir. Thanks for having me, Paul. Appreciate it. It's nice to announce virtually. Yeah. Did I pronounce your name right? Yep. Randy Valerio. Perfect. Perfect. So I understand uh, you're, you're a comedian out in uh, California, so you guys are shut down too. Yeah, we're shut down. I, uh, I'm actually originally from New York, and I started comedy in Boston a few years back, and then moved out here last year. Um, and the timing couldn't have been better, because uh, if I'm going to get trapped in a city, I'd rather be trapped in one that doesn't have the problems with snow and weather and whatnot. So I was able to get out, to, you know, even on a hike today. So it's not so sure. bad, but it's not Arizona, man. Things are definitely open out there, right? Yeah, everything's open here. They it's they don't even know that there's a pandemic. So it's yeah, they don't give a shit. I, I think I think they figured out the cure for the uh, for the vac, you know, for the coronavirus is freedom. That they, they, they just think going they, outside would be fine for them. So that's all they believe in. They're all like it's open, opened up here, open game. But there are people that are uh, taking it seriously. But the the clubs that, by the way, do a great job. They keep it safe. They take temperatures. They force masks on people until they're sitting. So for everyone that's yeah. still scared, it's still. If they are doing shows, they're doing it safely from what I And that's, that's been my experience with any show that I've done during the pandemic, which are obviously, as you know, Paul, they're, they're a little bit more sparse than they used to be. Yeah. But people are pretty good about the masks and the, te- and the temperature taking. So um, yeah, I felt you know, no, one wa- no one wants to be the liability, you know, the weak link in a, in a chain. So. Right. 
and the comedians too. We have to, uh, separate mics, or we're wiping down the mics, so we're not sharing stuff. Although, have you seen the little mic condom that they use? The little yeah, we, I've got, <laughs> I bring them with me because I didn't bring my own. I didn't bring my own mic this time, but uh, I always bring them. So, but speaking of condoms, let's let's get into it. So you're single. Yep. Uh, why are you single, Randy? Tell us. Tell uh, you know, mostly good decisions, I guess. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, no, so I've been single for a stretch. So I actually, believe it or not, Paul, uh, and I talk about it in my act a little bit, uh, I, uh, I was almost married. I was like, you know, four weeks away, and I pulled the ripcord on that because um, she wanted kids right away. I didn't. We had that conversation many times before we split up, but, uh, but by the end, she really wanted to start that, the ball rolling on that, and I didn't, so we called that off, and that was back in 2012. Okay. Um, since then, man, I've had one kind of serious girlfriend for about a year, but other than that, I've been uh, been out on the street like a like a hungry dog, you know. <laughs> how long? How long was that relationship where you were almost married? Uh, that relationship was like a little over six years. So I met her in college. We we got together at the end of college, like my senior year. Uh, we're together, uh, yeah, for six seven years. So I was like twenty. I was about to be twenty nine, thirty seven. Now I was about to be twenty nine uh, when we were supposed to get married. And we'd had a conversation, you know, we had, a, you know, the wedding was supposed to be September of 2012. We had a first conversation in February where I was like, look, I don't, she was trying to get me to move out of Boston because I was living in Boston at the time with her. She wanted me to move out to the suburbs, get closer to her family and started talking about having kids. And I was like, I thought we were not going to do that for a while. We wanted to live in the city and do the cosmopolitan thing. So we had that first conversation in February. We had another one in May or uh, another one in March. And then in May or June, I was like, I can't, you know, I, I, I don't want to. I know you want kids and want to go down that path. I don't want to. Uh, I don't know if I ever want kids. Right. Um, what I told her at the time, and and, I, and you know, I still feel that way now. And I don't. And I know you desperately want them. And you know, you're, we're not both not getting any younger. I, and this is not going to work out. I'm not going to want to give you kids, which I, you know, which I assumed to me was the end of the relationship, right? Because sure. that's, that's just what we're looking for long term. Um, so so we split up and. Uh, you know, and it, it was definitely a rough, it, it was, it was an amicable split up, but it was a rough adjustment because I've been with her for so long. We're living yeah. together. We had a dog together, all that stuff. Um, but, uh, but the nice part about it is about, about probably about three months after we, we broke up, she met a guy and started dating him seriously. And I just met up with her, you know, in New Year's, so like six, seven months after that. And we just sat down to have a drink just to catch up. And she, uh, she like thanked me that she's like, you know, I, appreciate you calling it off because it turns out that I this is what I want I wanted a guy like this who wanted to do the family thing and I was trying to put you into you know trying to fit you Randy a square peg into a round hole kind of a situation uh so that made me feel good and I ran into her two three years ago she has two kids with this guy she's happy I met her new husband he's awesome um you know we had we had a nice time we were mutual friends wedding so so you know one of those yeah it worked out it's one of those things that, that at the time it was obviously a grueling thing to go through but uh, in hindsight, it worked out, and it also gave me the chance to, you know, to pursue comedy, which is what I, you know, love to do. Had you been in comedy during the relationship? Had you started it during it, or no? I started. I got, my road to comedy is very late, so I actually had about eleven years as like an investment banker and private equity professional okay. doing nice. finance shit. Yeah, a, a real job that had that a real salary. Um, same boat. I was then, a lawyer, so I get it. I, oh, I'm I, late. We're in the same situation. So yeah. So I came to it late. So I started comedy at uh only like four years ago i got into it um i've been friends with comics and i've always loved it i've always been you know i, I mean i started going to the comedy cellar as just a patron since you know since i was like 14 because i grew up in new york yeah. city um and i never thought it was something that was for real 
Uh, but, you know, I, I had a, after I split up with her, I took in on a role um, helping run this company in, that, I, that we bought out of bankruptcy. And when we sold that company, this is in 2016, I had, you know, uh, my role was, was gone because, I, you know, they don't need, you know, a, a strategy guy when they get picked up by a bigger organization. So I got a severance package and I was like, oh, I get to take, take some time off. So I was like, oh, let me take a year or two off and travel and whatnot. And then uh, while I had that year off, like three, you know, three months in, I had some comic buddies in Boston breaking my ball saying, if you like the comedy so much, come to an open mic, come to an open mic. Uh, I met Jeff Dye, who, you know, who we both know, uh, yeah. open floor on the road. And he, he was a big f- proponent of pushing me into it. He's like, dude, you're funny. You should just, you know, give it a shot to see if you like it. And I started doing it in September 2016 and, and didn't look back. So it was a weird road to get to, to the start of comedy. But it actually, when you think back, it's sort of that butterfly effect. Like if I had not made that big change in my life to decide not to get married and not go down that conventional route, I wouldn't yeah. have arrived at, you know, being able to do what I do today, so, which makes well, me much, far more happy. Well, true. And, and, and definitely I'm, I'm happy too. And uh, I get it. Uh, have you had uh, a serious relationship since you've started comedy? Yeah, I had one girl that I was dating. Uh, it was a, I was a Lebanese girl. I was living in Boston. That's where I started comedy. She was living in New York. I'd met her in New York, just going out there. Um, so we never really lived in the same city, which actually, uh, for your listeners, I think helps. If you're, oh, I, I, if you listen to the podcast, I say that all the time. I think yeah. distance is the best way to make a successful relationship. I advocate. Yeah. I advocate. don't happen to see each other when you do. You so you know, and and you don't bring all that. Effect. You have exactly. the nonstop honeymoon effect. You don't have yeah. to deal with the Precisely. Yeah. Precisely. Yeah. So I started dating her when, right around the time I started doing comedy. So my first year in comedy, I was dating her. And then by the end, you know, uh, she was great. But I, there was, I didn't ever think there was going to be, I didn't think we were going to get married or anything like that. I'm not a big believer in marriage. And we can get into that if you want. Yeah. No, marriage is an outdated institution. Yeah. I, that's where I sit on it. You know, I, I'm a big believer in loving people, loving somebody. Uh, but getting the state involved is never good. You know, it just, it just adds a third party to it, you know, when there doesn't need to be one. Well, do you, and you said you don't want kids, right? You're, you're pretty sure. Yeah. You're- I, I, yeah I, and that, and the only reason in my mind I would get married is if I had kids with a woman, you yeah. know, and really just to protect children. It's not had nothing to do with me or her. So we're preaching, we're both basically preaching the same concept here. So normally yeah. we have a voice of reason who's like a married, successful, successfully, happily married woman on the show who's my voice of reason. But right now we're just going to yes and each other for. for <laughs> <laughs> so basically, we're we've got the same concept where it's like, look, and I've and I've advocated for the seven year marriage where it's a contract you can renew it, uh, and we're trying to trademark that right now where, it's like a, it's like a it's like a football you know. Uh, it's like I a heard they do contract. something like that in Portugal. I think I heard they do something like that in Portugal. Like you have to renew yeah. your marriage license every ten years or something like that. So I was a lawyer and I I'm, I didn't do family or divorce law, but I have a friend who's working on a contract for us where. We're going to try to see if it works where I think it takes the pressure off a of marriage and it's like a seven year, you're like, okay, I just got to stay healthy. And then, you know, this, your contract year, you could decide if you want to stay in the marriage and yeah. if you want to call it off, you know, you can, you can get traded. I love that idea because <laughs> I get traded away, become a free agent again. I love, I love that idea because I feel like it gets rid of the pressure, but it also keeps an, a different type of pressure on each individual in there. Keeps the pressure to be dynamic, interesting, right. exciting, and you know, uh, passionate, um, all those things. If you're married to someone, they fucking can't go. There's nothing stopping you from from giving up on yourself a little bit, which will in turn make them give up on you. You yeah. know, like the fact that they can walk away makes you act right. <laughs> if that makes well, any sense. If you want to stay in the relationship, your contract here, you're going to start. You know, 
giving up, doing more things that you don't want to do. You know, there's going to be, uh, you know, sexual experiences that you've got to keep it interesting, whatever it takes to keep the marriage happy seven year, you want a renewed contract. So, but if you also like the other side is if you want to, if you want to leave, it's like, all right, I'm just going to call it in. Cause I have an idea on this, this new team I want to go to. So, yeah. And there's no, and there's no, uh, friction cost when you're, you're like, like a fucking divorce, which will bankrupt both parties and walk. Yeah. And then you were a lawyer. I've, I've actually, because uh, I, did, I did a lot of dating in my single years. So just because I'm single doesn't mean I'm not dating uh, different women. Uh, but I, I was dating a woman in New York uh, after I'd met uh, the girl, who, the, you know, the one, the one one-year relationship I had uh, during this, this sort of single stretch that I've been on. Um, and she was a divorce attorney. And I asked her, I was like, do you know, I was like, so do you got like, you know, is it a pain in the ass? She's like, oh, it's ridiculous. Like, you I mean, you make good money, but you know, you're dealing with different, you know, with both parties and their, and their yeah. different wants and desires. He's like, but what you don't understand is like, make no mistake. Like I work with the other divorce attorneys all the time. We'll call each other and keep couples fighting to make more money to, to run the meter, you know? Yeah. And I was like, what? She's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he'll call me and say, Hey, do you want to fight over the China set? So we can fucking, you know, get another week's worth of billing. <laughs> well, and, they'll fucking, and they'll start a beef over, over, between yeah. the two two parties and it's fucked up so <laughs> another good reason to avoid the uh, other bag of worms yeah I, that's not ethical but then again new york is a whole nother can of yeah worms. well i mean it's also a woman i was sleeping with that's why i didn't mention her name <laughs> yeah yeah of course <laughs> you think some, uh, some dipshit comedian would bring it up on a podcast but I yeah I, have you dated comedians? <laughs> have you dated comedians? Uh, no no i've never dated any comedians and that's one thing i it's one never thing do. yeah <laughs> even in my past i uh you know when i was in finance or whatever i wouldn't date co-workers or or subordinates or anything like that just because uh, you know, the, the old saying shit where you eat, but I just felt uncomfortable with it. Like I never wanted there to be any sense of impropriety. Yeah. I don't want to be looked at cross-eyed, you know, especially in, in, in the era we're now where, uh, you know, people are very sensitive sure. to sexual harassment and anything, and anything even in that vein. Uh, I avoid that, you know, yeah. I avoid. and then it's not, it's not a lot of cute female comedians, it's just not for me. <laughs> have you, uh, have you, were you dating anyone during COVID? Did that light just go on? Isn't that crazy? It did. It, did. it was like, uh, it's like fucking uh, like a horror movie. Yeah, that was scary. Okay. <laughs> uh, have I been dating anyone since COVID? Uh, yeah. Yeah. How, how are you yes, meeting these people? I have. I've. Uh, it was actually a uh, a woman I met at a comedy show in Arizona. She she uh, again she lives and live here, which is fantastic. You know. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah, and it's and it's been going great. And it was you know I met her through because I I play Arizona you know three four times a year. Right. Uh, I I met her last fall. We kept in touch. Um, and I came out to see her a couple times. And then uh, during that little window in like J June, when Texas and Arizona were open for whatever, for no reason whatsoever, uh, I was able to squeeze in a show and go see her out there. Yeah. Uh, and then it, it's nice. I, and it's also nice to like the older I got, I'm 37, the older I get, the less pressure I feel like. It's kind of like I'm past the point of, uh, of, of, of no return. It's like, oh, well, that's just going to be like, like women don't expect me to be the guy to uh to do the white picket fence thing anymore because my lifestyle is not like that so it's it's easier going in now and my state of mind is better going in because i'm a little bit more confident what i what i want out of life you know well that's and that's the thing like they know they're getting into i, I have a podcast which is this podcast has cock blocked me more than ever and it's almost <laughs> it's almost like you know buyer beware you know because now you know what you're dealing with but um we have this crazy lifestyle where and you and i have that common where we're not like other comedians where um you know, this is our passion, but we, if it doesn't work, we're going to go somewhere else. We left jobs where we were very successful and monetarily taken care of, where now we're like, 
drink tickets and exposure is, oh, cool. All right. I'll take that. Like, yeah, whatever it takes. Like, I canceled. A, I'm staying longer in Arizona right now because my shows in Chicago are canceled. And I'm just going to do, you know, 10-minute slots at these clubs here whatever, just so yeah. they know who I am. To break in. And, and that's and, and that's and hard that's for women to understand sometimes that that's you're married to comedy. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, and 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 it's it's one thing when I first started, and I first started dating that girl when I got into comedy, and I had been in finance and was doing this, and it was like, you know, she thought it was a hobby, and the comedy started to creep in. She started to realize that she was taking a secondary role. Yeah. If I had a spot, whatever plans we had are fucked. You right. know, like well, I'm going, I'm going to do the spot. So she started to get a little bit uh, annoyed with that, and you know, and that was another hurdle in, in in my dating experience, like you know, getting women used to the idea that this is what I do that. You know, like like my, my free time is in the afternoons. You know, at night I'm going out. You know, I, I got to go, go do a spot. Um, so it's nice to have to meet women now that I'm in comedy, that they know that this is what it is. So they have no expectation of that, you know. So, the, you know, the woman that I, that I was dating in Arizona, she's uh, she's in the restaurant business, too. So she understood so she they gets get that, you know. And, and, and honestly, too, uh, I would say it's weird. Like, I feel like I said this on my podcast. I feel like I date women that are a little bit older or a little bit younger, but that 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 like 28 to 32 time frame for women, they get a lot of pressure, maybe internally and externally from their friends to settle down, have a family. What are you going to do about this? Yeah. And women that are yeah. below that, they don't give a shit. Women above that said, fuck you to that a long time ago. Right. So, so it seems like these are the women that gravitate towards me that I, that, 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 that I now spend more yeah. time dating. You know? Well, that's, that's the sweet spot as well. We talk about that on the podcast where I don't date women in that age demo under 35 uh, because unless they've had children already. Cause I'm like, all right, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna waste your time because you yeah. have, a, you're on a clock where you want to get, you may want to have kids and I don't want you to resent me because now you spent two years or even six months with some asshole. Yeah. And I'm very vocal about that on stage. When I talk about it, my comedy, I talk about it on my podcast. And I also tell uh, the women that I date, that's the last two women I've dated. Both of them. I've said, yeah, I'm not interested in having kids. And they were like, yeah, neither am I. They made it very clear up front. You know, it's so one of those things, sure. you know, and, and I think it's just being it's just being practical about it. It's like, look, I, this is, I, you know, I can be with you for forever if we, if, you know, if we find love, but not the way that, you know, Ward Cleaver and, and his fucking wife did it. You know, they, we're not doing that. So that's out the window. When you say find love, what is your definite? What do you, you do want to find someone that's like monogamous? That's that's the goal. Uh, yeah, I, look, I'm capable of being monogamous. Obviously, uh, sure. you know, it's fun to sleep around. I'm not going to, you know, no one, li let's not, no one likes having sex. So fucking let's not hide about it. But, um, uh, and I have been monogamous before in relationships. I'm, I'm capable of it. But I think that, you know, for me, fi finding love's really about finding, finding a partner that, that, you, that you're ready to like, you know, sort of build your own pirate ship with and do it the way you guys want to do it. You know, and like I said, live that sort of cosmopolitan us against the world lifestyle. Um, I've been, I've, I've been lucky enough to be, to have been in love four times in my life, which is four times more than most people. Sure. Um, I've, I've made a lot of great women. Unfortunately, you know, one, one of them when I was younger, one of them was when, uh, you know, the woman I was supposed to marry, one of them was, at, you know, was after that and, you know, and so on. So it, so it, it is possible. And I hope to find love again. Do I know it's going to live a, last a lifetime? I don't know, but every time you fall in love, you feel you want to continue to feel that feeling as long as possible. And so you want to make it last a lifetime. Would I like that? Of course. Um, but am I expecting that or, or am I forcing it? No. You know, I, I, like you said, like, I feel like falling in love is, 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 is easy. Staying in love is hard, right? Being sure. sort of slugging it out. Um, that's why sometimes I joke around like, you know, it, sometimes, sometimes it's easier 
you know, it takes more commitment to get divorced than it does to get married. Right. Because lust and that and that that's that sort of uh, that glow from love. You can get married behind that. But to divorce someone to go through that trial, to that, that, that fucking that angst takes a lot of effort and commitment to, and to, to power through it. You know, that, that's why people don't choose to get divorced. They have to get divorced. By the time they're getting that done, they're, they're in court proceedings. It's it's long been fucking over. You know, sure. like, you know, no one wakes up in the courtroom saying what happened. Like, you know what happened. It fucked, it, it, you know, it was off the skids for a while. So I, I do, I try not to focus on that. I try to just focus on finding someone that I love and I'm compatible with and keep that going as long as, as, long as possible. And, you know, unfortunately, it hasn't worked for a lifetime yet, but uh, maybe someday it will, you know? So you said pirate ship. What the fuck do you mean by a pirate ship? Why oh, would like, pirate- like, I mean, like, so like I told that to my, to my ex-fiance, you know, she, like, I was like, you know, she wanted me to like move back into her parents' neighborhood so we could be close to her family. Sure. And I, told, I, was, like, I was like, listen, I'm not, we're, I'm not joining your family. We're starting our own. That's what I said. We're going to build our own pirate ship. It's me and you and, and you know, and we're, and we're, you know, and we're setting sail together. And we're the ones with this ship. It's not we're not we're not swimming with your parents fucking family or my family. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. And our family can fall in line or not. You know, and that's what I mean by sort of. Um, hold on. I think I just. Sure. Speaking. OK, wait a minute. You could have said any type of ship. <laughs> so it is kind of a gay reference. Maybe I should change that. <laughs> There's, there's something a little gay about pirates. Not that I'm really being gay, but I'm not gay, so I shouldn't use no, a pirate. Reference. Like a pirate ship, like, is it, are you the captain on this ship and she's like the Captain Hook or well, what? No, well, I, I think of it more as, 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 as us being rebels. You know, the, the, okay. the pirate reference is, is like, we're not, you know, we're not, we're not part of the army. We're going to do it our way. You know, we're not, we're not doing it everyone else's way. We're going to do it the way we want to do it. All right. Yeah. That's fine. Now you were talking about, I got to edit it up. Falling in love, you said you've done it four times, and then in all those situations, obviously, at some point, you fell out of love, correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, was there ever a situation where you were still in love with the person, but it ended, whether they ended it and you were unaware, or you just kind of like, you guys couldn't make it work? Yeah. I, um... Because I don't think I've ever, I don't know if I've ever been in love, but to me, the, the longest relationships I had there was a certain point where there was just, we just couldn't connect anymore. Yeah. And that, that happened more than that. Look, I, look, I don't, I don't know if any of my partners ever cheated on me in those relationships. Um, but that was never the reason we broke up, you know, so that, that never came to surface to my light. And so I'm not going to cast the to say they are, or they aren't. And I, and I, and so that wasn't the reason. The reason was more of the sort of the growing apart, which is a harder breakup, I think, because, sure. you know, because it, it, it's, it's not like, Oh, she betrayed me or he betrayed her. It's over. It's why, it, why I love this person's wonderful, but why can't I connect with them anymore the way I right. used to, you know, and you start to sl- and it's basically it's one degree when you start out. Right. But then as the days go on, that fucking angle gets bigger and bigger. Right. Because sp- as, as time goes on, space sort of expands in between. And and that's and that's hard to come to terms. with. That's why it was so hard to figure out that I shouldn't have gotten married to my ex fiance uh, because because there was nothing wrong with her or me. And she was a wonderful person. I just didn't want the lifestyle that she wanted and she didn't want the one that I was looking for. So, so that was hard. Um, but, uh, but, but, you know, falling in love, like, I, I, f- I feel like no one's going to ever have 100% of what you're looking for. Like, no one's going to check every box that you want because everyone has a lot of fucking needs and, and desires, right? But if you can find someone that has 80% and you could work on and you can deal with the other 20, that's what you could l- work for. Right? So, you know, so the women that I fall in love with were, you know, were more of that ilk. Um, 
so it wasn't it wasn't just a home run easy, but it, you know, I we've sort of grown to love each yeah. other and sort of grown apart. You're not um, settling. You're not settling because eighty percent of you guys are compatible, and you just yeah. deal with the twenty percent. She has bad taste in music, or whatever the hell it is. Yeah, yeah, or her mom sucks, or blah blah blah, or friends <laughs> or shit, whatever it is. You know? <laughs> whatever it is, you know, it's, it's usually it's usually someone around them that's the problem, and not them. You know, <laughs> sure. my experience. Sure. But, uh, but that's but you know, uh, so I've never been sort of like shocked, like 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 whoa, you know, just dumped like that. Uh, no, at least at least in those situations where I've been in love. I, I've definitely had sort of the one that got away. You know, there's a few girls that are like, oh, she's awesome, but it didn't work out so early on that I never got to be in love with them. So I was like, oh, I wonder what if, you know, what if I hadn't fucked it up? Because I fucked up plenty, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not perfect. Um, and, oh, and then there's other ones like, oh, you know, what if I reached out or tried harder? Um, there's a couple of those. So I don't know that I was ever in love with them, but I do think that they had the qualities I look for in a person. Yeah. So, so, that, so, so that's sort of like, you know, that wondering, you know, like what if, um, which, you, which you know, no one should spend a lot of time doing because you know it's it's not productive time. Not healthy, no. Yeah, but you think about it. You know, you, you stop and think about it every once in a while. Have you? Uh, how are you meeting people, uh, whether pre-COVID, post-COVID, uh, or during COVID? I should say. Are you are you using apps at all, or are you just meeting them in real life? Yeah. So when I first got out of that long-term relationship, uh, the the Tinder had just come out and it was hot. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So this is like, and this was like the first thing that people were like, oh shit, and people. city. Yeah, and Smash City and Tinder broke the mold in the sense that before that, being on eHarmony or 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 or, or Match was looked at was looked at as a little weird because it wasn't mainstream. Tinder made dating online mainstream. It made it made whatever preconceived notion or, or weird hangup people have about meeting someone on the internet made that fucking disappear. Right. So it was open season. Now I spent the first year after I got out of that breakup. I took three months where I just didn't date anybody. I let myself be sad. You know, I stayed in the gym and I and I tried and you know and I, I tried to limit my booze so I wouldn't get fucking foggy headed and all that. Um, and then I started going out every night, even if I didn't have, I would just eat dinner at the bar down the street from me. I was living alone, um, but I like sort of forced myself to to talk to women at bars. Old school. I went old school for the first year. Yeah. So I did no Tinder. I would just meet girl, pick up girls at bars or I mean coffee shops anywhere anywhere I was really. I mean like the airport. I was not afraid to approach a woman. I was like, I've treated it like, all right, all right, I got to get back on my feet. I got, it's almost like open micing, you know, like I got to get these reps in. Like, like, and I'm going to bomb, but this is part of it, you know? So it was a lot of bombing. But then I got, by the end of the year, I was pretty good at, you know, at, at introducing myself and meeting women uh, organically, if you will. And then I got into the dating apps and it, it, it just turned into a deluge of women. I mean, you know, that first, that first two years of, of Tinder and Bumble is, I mean, I, I, was, I was on two dates a night. You know, and yeah. it was like, you know, whichever one I like more is the one I called up to, you know, to see the next day. Like, right. It was it was like a fucking factory. You know, so it was a little it was a little bit excessive. Yeah. So I used those. And then I got off them uh, while I was working and then dating this woman uh, that, I, that I was seeing in New York, uh, got back on. them. So I kind of get back on and off the dating apps. Now, lately, um, I know a lot of people are back to dating, meeting on those dating apps. But 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 really, the, the way it works now is uh, the best dating app in the world is Instagram. You know, I yeah. mean, you, 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 you follow, you find someone that you like or someone that follows you that, that you find attractive. You strike up a conversation in their DMs. You get them on the phone. You find out they're nearby. You, you get a drink. And that so, you know, so the woman in Arizona I met, you know, I, I met I met that way. I had her come out to a show. Um, so, you know, so it, it, it I feel like that's where dating's going. You know, like like uh, his sort of social media is just becoming the all in one uh, marketplace for how people communicate with each other, including picking people up. Um, so, you know, for any listeners out there, I would, I would highly recommend you become very clever on how to talk in, uh, 
in Instagram DMs. So That'll do you way better than fucking dating apps. My know, the, know the difference between your and your to, yes. to <laughs> women hate that shit, man. Women fucking hate that shit, which is crazy because like, you know, of all the things they that, they, that they'll snipe on you for, that seems to be one of the big ones. <laughs> I, I didn't know all these women were fucking English teachers, but you know, maybe I'm wrong. Or they get mad when I, I always to you are just to shorten it, and they get like, oh my god, I'm like, listen, I have a law degree, I'm not some jackass. But um, I know, which, get which mad. Is funny that they that they cop an attitude with that because I feel like they use yeah. emojis left and right, like that's any better. Right. <laughs> <laughs> emojis all the time. But what what when you talk about meeting people organically, have you found that so I. Women always say they want to meet people organically, but yeah. I found that when I do, you know, obviously there's limited opportunities before COVID where you go to a bar where you're, you know, cause I, we have shows all the time. So it's very yeah. rare that we go out to clubs or anything. And, but when I do, you know, they don't know who I am and you go up to people and a lot of times, especially with the younger, the, the younger generations, they're just like, we just want to talk to our friends. Can you just leave us alone? We're like, Oh, sorry. Like, like I've talked about this story before where I was out with my, my girl I was dating at a time and her hot friend. And this guy just came up to him. Gentleman guy was just like, Hey guys, how's it going? And then this, her friend just was a complete asshole to this guy. And I was like, why are you, you could have just said we're busy. Like she that had a boyfriend, but it doesn't matter. Like he was not like now he's not going to go talk to women because yeah. she was he was being respectful. He got, he got slapped on the wrist for being res respectfully approaching a woman. Yeah. Which and he I, said, when he walked away, he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. You know, have a good night and stuff like that. And she's like, whatever. I'm like, dude. And I just was yelling at my my girlfriend's friends. Yeah, where are all the good men? Well, you just yelled at one. Yeah. What the fuck, man? Like, like he, didn't, he didn't he didn't he didn't grab he didn't grab rest and say anything. Exactly. Uh, anything, you know, uh, make any innuendos. You just said, hey, what's going on, ladies? Like, that's nothing wrong with. It. Yeah. And I think he offered to buy him a drink. Like, I think that's all it was. Like, he's like, hey, can I buy yeah. you a drink? Like, it See, was that. that have you had that experience more often now uh, than before? I, that would happen more now. When I first started picking yeah. up women like that organically, it was, you know, 2013. So, like I said, the dating apps were new and people were on those mostly. So it was like a novelty act that I would actually approach a woman at a bar. They were like, it was refreshing to them. Like, oh, that's so sweet of you to like actually come over and just talk. And I would do it that way, just like, just like this guy did. I wouldn't just go up and hit on a woman directly like that. I would engage their friends and ask them an honest question. You know, what are you ladies up to tonight? Are you guys having fun? You know, how many guys came over here and struck out? I joke around about that. You know, yeah. and, and then, and then, and then I talked to the group of their friends. And then as, you know, after 10, 15 minutes of conversation, if I, you know, if I lasted that long, I'd be like, hey, you know, you and I turned to the woman that I was interested in. Hey, say you seem great. You know, I got to run uh, to, to get, you know, catch up with a buddy in another bar, but I'd love to grab your number and take you for a drink sometime. You know, and they respond well to that. Um, and then I think you know, then then uh, I think you know probably around you know 2017 18. Yeah. Uh, with the whole Weinstein and, and all this other horrible shit that's gone on, which I obviously totally disagree with. These guys are fucking monsters. But um, they got people, women got a little bit more reserved and, and more up, uptight about it. And men also got more nervous about approaching women because and, 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 they, they, they weren't sure in which way to do it without seeming like a fucking creep. Um, yeah. So I do think it's a big problem now. Uh, but I do think post-COVID, like when we're actually allowed to get back out in, in rooms with people, <laughs> there's going to be a lot of pent-up sex demand. It's going to be fuck. I mean, there's going yeah. to be a baby boot for that. It's going to be fucking open season. So. Right. I, also, I feel like that already. Is that in L.A. or... Uh, you guys are completely LA is completely shut down still. No, no, there's there's um uh outdoor seating at the bars, so you can go. Oh, so like last, 
went and watched the Dodgers win outside. So they, so it, it, it can't happen. But then also you got to be careful now, you know, because some some women uh, are more uptight about wearing a mask and not and not social distancing. Some women, if they, if they don't give a fuck, you know, I mean, it's just like anything else in life. Um, so that's why that's why I say get get crafty on Instagram for a while, because that's going to be your best bet. Because one and I do like and Instagram's a way better dating app. You think about it. They put their whole life on there, their interests. You know, there's no filters or well, there might be filters, but it's not curated like you would purposely curate a dating app, you know, um, so it's, it's a way it's and, you know, you, you can always click on and see their their uh, what photos they're tagging. So it's not just the ones that they post. It's the ones that friends yeah. post to see what they really look like. That's you know, the that's the key. That's like the key to life is <laughs> what they really want you to what they you can see because and then you can also see a lot about what they're posting. Like if they have like 80 pictures of food they ate, you're like, OK, yeah, ex- unless yeah. you're a movie or like a chef, this isn't my fucking cup of tea. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I like the I like the tag feature. I think that's the way to go to to get a better idea of what someone looks like or what they really are into. But um, yeah. and there's also and the way you flirt now too is basically like so if you don't know so if there's someone that you like on Instagram and you don't know them they're not, they're not following each other you basically like like three of their photos that yeah. you know. You know, you, you don't want to like the one of her, you know, with her, the ass shot. You want to be classy, you know, one of her smile, one of hanging out with her friends, one with the dog, and then you hit follow. And if you get the follow back, that means it's on. You know, then it's like, all right, she she knows that I looked at through her shit. I, find, I think she's cool. And if she follows me back, then she knows I'm actually interested in her. That's that's the new flirting in 2020. But sometimes I feel like I, I get that. And then I look and I'm like, oh, they're just like looking for followers and they're going to unfollow me as soon as I do. Because I'm like, <laughs> oh, is this girl like interested in me? And they're like, oh, no, she just likes everything because um, because yeah, she's trying uh, to build her following, trying to build her following. Yeah, which is which is, you know, a little a little skeezy. But uh, there's a lot of that going on, too, now with, with women these days, a lot of. Uh, uh, amateur Instagram models putting sponsored ads on their Instagram to, <laughs> to just bump their following up for what reason? I don't know. Like they, they probably want to sell some fit tea or something. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to try to figure that one out. Are there, are there, um, are there uh, deal breakers for you now that, you know, obviously you're at a point where you, you've got a, uh, you're, you have success with your podcast, you have success with comedy. Are you, and you were successful before. Are you like, are there like no matter what this person looks like or whatever, if they don't know who Bruce Springsteen is, I'm out or whatever. I don't know. <laughs> um, I smoking. I don't. Okay. I smoking. I find yeah. I, and look, I smoke. Uh, obviously, I, moved, I live in California. I, you know, I, I talk about it on my podcast. I smoke plenty of weed, so I have no problem with that. But tobacco. Whatever reason, tobacco for whatever reason. And I, you know, if she smokes a jewel, that's fine. And dude, I've I've hung out with girls who, Canadian girls who like dipped. You know, and that didn't even gross me out that really? much. Oh yeah. But uh, but but for whatever reason, and I think it's because I grew up in it, and my, both my parents were smokers growing up, and something about it just I, it just turns sure. me off. Um, so that's that's a deal breaker for me. Um, kids aren't, you know, I don't mind if a girl has kids. I mean, like I said, I, don't expect me to be the, you know, I'm not trying to fill in for dad, and they know that, which is nice. You're bad. Uh, I, I actually find that single mothers tend to be a little a much more uh, reasonable people than than the general population. You know, they, they've had their tri- the, the trials of life, so they, they kind of know where well, they're coming from. What I say about single moms and why I, I enjoy that relationship the best or why it's more successful for me is their priority is their kid, just like our priority is comedy. And then yeah. their escape, you know, you have that honeymoon yeah. idea where you have it, you talked about earlier, where, you know, long distance relationship, it's the same thing because they're in the suburbs with their kid in Chicago and you know they get to hang out with you and then it's like okay you go back to your kid i go back to comedy so. yeah exactly and and you know it, it's, that's probably smoking's probably the only deal breaker i mean 
you know, uh, I don't. I never asked a woman about a political affiliation, so that, that's you know, sure. I'll, figure, I'll figure that out. I feel like that's over. That's it's almost it's almost becoming like a, a fucking badge. You know, like it's, it's it's getting annoying. Like one side or the other, sure. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's, it's probably smoking, and I think a woman that lacks passion is a turnoff. That like, if I become like if 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 she's too not needy but too focused on the relationship, being the end all be all. You know, I want a woman who's, who's more independent and who has a passion beyond the, her partner because that it will make her, by definition, a more interesting person than me, right? If she's, she has all these interests and, 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 and talents that, that don't involve me, then when we come together, we could talk about those and share those things. I could share mine and she can share hers. So those are what, that's what I look for. So a woman who's, you know, uh, very needy or very jealous or very, you know, invasive of your privacy and sort of demanding of your time and sort of that, needing that, constant reassurance that could be a turnoff for me um but yeah it's, i mean yeah, smoking and what if, and, and what, if they're, what if they're uh passionate about sm- uh cigarettes but they don't smoke them. <laughs> they don't smoke them but they're like passionate about legality of them and like the you i know, would be okay with that if she was a tobacco executive making yes. tens of you know, tens of thousand dollars a month i'm more than happy i'd love to be a kept man please okay. i will i will live i will live large off of cigarette money i don't give a fuck <laughs> You know, I'll, you're on the line. I never, I, I, I'm, I try to be a good guy, but I never said I won't sell out, Paul. You know what I'm saying? I, I have a price. No, I can't. I mean, you don't like smoking, but she's, she's like, I don't smoke anymore. I do chew tobacco, but uh, I'm very into tobacco rights. It's my, it's my priority in life. I'm passionate about it. You're in, right? <laughs> it's all right. It's all right. It's all right, baby. We, we can work through that. We can work through that. Just don't make me smoke. Right. <laughs> She's not gonna. She might make you dip. She might be like, "Hey, can you try our yeah. new bowl?" Oh, Last time I did that, I almost vomited all over my shirt. You you know? <laughs> I, I briefly started chewing again during COVID because I didn't want to start smoking. I quit smoking in in over fuck almost over fifteen years ago. But oh, uh, yeah, but I but I didn't want to do that, and I wasn't really drinking for a long time, and so uh, I started chewing again. I was like, and then this girl, I was dating, was like, "What is that in your mouth?" I'm like, "Oh, you didn't know I." I chewed tobacco. <laughs> You're a baseball player. I'm like, I mean, I kind of wish I was. So, and I wasn't. I wasn't dipping. I was like doing the pouches. Like, oh, you oh, like, yeah. No, 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 not pouches. Like the red man. Like, oh, like for real, long, <laughs> long cut chew. Oh, shit. Tobacco. Like your Canadian friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got. I took. I took shit once because, because a, a buddy of mine. I was hanging out with a bunch of Canadians. I was actually worked for the hockey team in college. And a friend of mine who I lived with wasn't on the hockey team handed me one of those like little pouches, uh, pouches of dip you put in your skull mouth. Tits, yeah, yeah, the, the, but the pouch, not the not actually putting it in the, the, right. the raw skull. I put that in, and they and they called me just the biggest pussy of all time because you know those Canadians they just chew they just chew raw glass and and, and just put you know just giant hunks of dip in there to get you know to really get it in their bloodstream. They called right. me a fuck fairy for doing it once. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yeah, I, I don't know against that. And the, and the vape pens aren't so bad. Those those don't bother. No, it makes sense. Well, Randy, we are, uh, we're out of time. We went a little too long, but that's okay. Uh, where can people find out more about you and your podcast, Ready, Set, Flow? Yeah. Uh, so every Wednesday, we come out on all platforms of the Ready, Set, Flow podcast. It's me and my co-host, Chase Abel. Uh, we sort of tackle, you know, the day's news. Uh, and it comes from two very different viewpoints. You know, he's a, uh, he's a, a refugee from Eritrea. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a kid from New York. So, <laughs> so, we, so we link up. Eritrea is a African country that used to be part of Somalia that broke off in the, in the mid nineties during a, during a revolution. So, uh, so we have, he has an interesting take on life. Um, and then of course my Instagram is my number one, uh, where I put everything. So follow me on Instagram at Randy Valerio. 
uh, I'll be at Off the Comedy this weekend, Off, off the Comedy Club in April. This will this air week. after that. So I'm All back. right. Well, then in November, <laughs> oh, November, check me out. I'll be at the Stress, the Stress Factory in Bridgeport, Connecticut, and in uh, New Jersey. So check, look out for those dates. All right. Well, thank you so much, Randy. I really, really appreciate it. It was fun to finally talk to you. We will definitely be on the road together at some point. We got to come up with some sort of uh, uh, show about dating or something. I don't I'm know. Down with it, man. Thanks so much for having me, Paul. I appreciate thank it, brother. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to another edition of Singles Only Podcast. Please keep sharing, subscribing, and tell your friends. Bye.